Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Acts chapter 15 from the World English Bible. Some men came down from Judea and taught the brothers, unless you are circumcised after the custom of Moses, you can't be saved. Therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small discord and discussion with them, they appointed Paul and Barnabas and some others of them to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. They, being sent on their way by the assembly, passed through both Phoenicia and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles. They caused great joy to all the brothers. When they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the assembly and the apostles and the elders, and they reported everything that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up, saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to see about this matter. When there had been much discussion, Peter rose up and said to them, Brothers, you know that a good while ago God made a choice among you that by my mouth the nations should hear the word of the good news and believe. God, who knows the heart, testified about them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just like he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you tempt God? that you should put a yoke on the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. But we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they are. All the multitude kept silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul reporting what signs and wonders God had done among the nations through them. After they were silent, James answered, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has reported how God first visited the nations to take out of them a people for his name. This agrees with the words of the prophets, as it is written, After these things I will return. I will again build the tabernacle of David which has fallen. I will again build its ruins. I will set it up that the rest of men may seek after the Lord. All the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. All of God's works are known to him from eternity. Therefore, my judgment is that we don't trouble those from among the Gentiles who turn to God, but that we write to them that they abstain from the pollution of idols, from sexual immorality, from what is strangled, and from blood. For Moses, from generations of old, has in every city those who preach him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders, with the whole assembly, to choose men out of their company and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Judas called Barsabbas and Silas chief men among the brothers. They wrote these things by their hand. The apostles, the elders, and the brothers, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, 
Greetings. Because we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying, You must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no commandment, it seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose out men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Saul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who themselves will also tell you the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit, and to us, to lay no greater burden on you than these necessary things, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality, from which, if you keep yourselves, it will be well with you. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they came to Antioch. Having gathered the multitude together, they delivered the letter. When they had read it, they rejoiced over the encouragement. Judas and Silas, also being prophets themselves, encouraged the brothers with many words and strengthened them. After they had spent some time there, they were sent back with greetings from the brothers to the apostles. But Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord, with many others also. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's return now and visit our brothers in every city in which we proclaimed the word of the Lord to see how they are doing. Barnabas planned to take John, who was called Mark, with them also. But Paul didn't think that it was a good idea to take with them someone who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and didn't go with them to do the work. Then the contention grew so sharp that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and went out, being commended by the brothers to the grace of God. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the assemblies. That is the end of chapter 15. In this chapter, we see Paul and Barnabas of one mind about the purity of the gospel, but still having a major disagreement about planning their next missionary trip. Notice that Paul and Barnabas stand their ground in the discussion about circumcision. But finally, the decision is made to check with or get verification from the apostles in Jerusalem. This would have been only 10 of the original apostles at this point in time, since Judas, who betrayed Jesus, killed himself, and James was killed by Herod, as we heard about in Acts chapter 12, verse 2. Now, even though they journey due to serious matters, they have joy telling about the conversion of the Gentiles along the way. So the implication is they are telling other Jewish believers who apparently don't have the same concerns as the Pharisees and are simply happy to accept the Gentile believers. As for geography, Phoenicia at this point in time is a strip or a region along the coast that includes the cities of Tyre and Sidon. According to the American Bible Society Atlas, at its widest, the eastern border is only about 30 miles from the Mediterranean coast. Samaria, you're more familiar with, is the region north of Judea, and it covers the area from the Mediterranean coast to the Jordan River east to west, the northern border looks to be Jezreel, but there is not an exact southern border shown. Now, these would be political designations of the Roman Empire at that time. 
When Paul and Barnabas get there, the list of who received them includes everyone. The assembly would include all believers. The New King James Version translates assembly, the same word assembly as church. And the apostles and elders are obviously part of the assembly, but the text makes it clear that they are there. So in the church at Jerusalem, they had the ten apostles who were with Jesus, but also there were elders who were leading and teaching. Right away, the Pharisees who were there also speak up, and it states they were believers, but they were going to teach this wrong thing. This makes a strong case that someone can be wrong on major points of doctrine and still be born again. Faith is simple. It does not depend on human wisdom only on accepting what God has offered us by way of Jesus Christ dying for our sins. Verse 7 says Peter didn't stand up to take the floor, so to speak, until there had been a lot of discussion. This indicates a humility on his part and that the apostles weren't just claiming authority and telling everyone else what to do. Peter's words show us the value and impact of his encounter with Cornelius in chapter 10, for it is based on this that he comes to his conclusion, which also should bring joy and peace to Jewish believers. They, too, are simply saved due to the grace of God, not by following the law. God knew Cornelius and his household had hearts ready to accept the gospel message, which is extended to all men by the grace of God. You can see 2 Peter 3.9, 2 Timothy 2.3-6, and also Ezekiel 18.23. I'm also going to link to an article titled, Does God Really Love Everyone? In verses 12 and 13, we have those fun words, silent and silence. In context, the whole assembly was discussing things, but then were silent when Peter spoke and when Paul and Barnabas shared. Peter's is not a long statement. The context seems to imply that the discussion was going on for a while, so Peter's statement in comparison doesn't seem that long. If you just read verse 13, you could build a doctrine that the whole assembly kept silent when gathered and only listened to a couple or three men. But again, the context shows that many spoke, even the wrong Pharisees. Then Paul and Barnabas were silent. Ha ha. Everyone took turns being silent. This is along the lines of what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14.31, where he admonishes them to prophesy one by one, to have order to things. This time, When Paul and Barnabas are being silent, James speaks, calling Peter Simeon. Now, this is not James the Apostle who was killed, as we said in chapter 12, but probably the brother of Jesus and author of the New Testament book of James, as we discussed in the episode on Acts chapter 12. James points out that what Peter says agrees with Scripture. He quotes Amos 9, 11 through 12, which I just reviewed when talking about 1 Chronicles 17. I didn't know it was going to show up here. In summary, David's dynasty will be rebuilt over the nation of Israel so that the Gentiles who will also seek after the Lord can come. So the first step in rebuilding this dynasty was Jesus coming as the Messiah. Verse 18 is a statement of truth, so if you weren't sure about exactly what God knows, this should clear it up for you. And there's also Isaiah 46.10, which talks about 
him knowing the beginning from the end. And of course, his omniscience is throughout all of the scripture. And I will remind you that the word nations biblically is not a political designation as we are used to hearing it, but tends to talk about kindred peoples and ethnic groups. Now, don't be confused. James is not saying they must do these things to be saved. He never words it that way. But as the letter says in verse 29, if they will do these things, it will be well with them. As Paul will point out repeatedly in his letters, those who love God should want to live by certain principles that have them live in love towards others based on truth. Paul also reiterates in Galatians 5, 6 that circumcision has nothing to do with salvation. This letter that they take back to the Gentile churches seems like it is the first letter from any apostle or elder to the churches at large, but they don't just send the letter, they send eyewitnesses people who heard the discussion, and so the bond is forged between the original predominantly Jewish church that started in Jerusalem and the dispersed Gentile believers. Between verses 22, 33, and 40, it seems that either Silas didn't return to Jerusalem or he came back soon again because there is a they that were sent back with greetings in verse 33. The way the New King James Version gives verse 22, it says that namely Judas and Silas went, suggesting they may have been leaders, which is also corroborated by in verse 32 saying they exhorted and strengthened the brethren. And there is a note in the World English Bible that some versions have a verse 34 that says Silas did not go back. Paul and Barnabas did not go back at this time, per verse 35, but stayed and were among those preaching and teaching. They were not the only ones. There were many others. To see if I was reading this right, I looked at Matthew Henry's commentary, and he says the same thing. There were many others teaching. Now we get to the disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. The problem is John Mark whose mother's house Peter knocked on the door of in Acts 12, verses 12 through 13, and he's the one who left Paul and Barnabas in Acts 13, 13. Paul does not have any special direction from the Holy Spirit here, according to the text. He just felt strongly that they could not rely on John Mark. It does seem that Paul and John Mark later worked things out if I'm understanding Colossians 4.10 and 2 Timothy 4.11 correctly. 2 Timothy in particular is thought to be Paul's last letter, so that would imply that later they did work things out. But at this point, only Barnabas is up for letting John Mark prove himself, and so those two set off for the island of Cyprus, one of the places Paul and Barnabas had been before. Since the whole of Acts is following mostly Paul from here, it emphasizes Paul and Silas being approved also to go out. It just it says they are commended. And they head for Syria, which is a region just inland from Phoenicia, and Cilicia, which is rather north of Antioch, includes Saul, Paul's birthplace of Tarsus, but is not quite as far as Laconia and Pamphylia from their first trip. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 